This is episode one, Thoughts for a Penny. Boris Alvarado is my first guest, if you want to call it that. He's my good friend and um, wanted to bring him on and uh, talk to him about uh, his life and what he... Uh, what he uh, enjoys out of it and what's important to him and um, what what uh, <laughs> what gets him going uh, so um, I've got some questions that I'm gonna ask him and uh, they're open-ended he can choose to um, respond very surface level or if he decides he wants to, you know, dive deep, we're gonna throw on the snorkel gear and we're gonna ride ride along with him. So let's do it. So, you know what's crazy? We got the snork squad koozie <laughs> ready to go, so uh, we're ready to dive deep if we need to. Yeah, unofficial sponsor, uh, but snorkeler, thank you very much for uh, <laughs> sponsoring the pod. Um, so. I don't know how long I've known you for, at least five plus years. Yeah, so we worked together back in, I want to say 2014, 2015, right after I graduated from college. And uh, it's kind of funny how our, our now wives know each other, because back in the day, they were just like, they were on the same team for Cal State Fullerton. You know, they danced. Your wife was a national champion, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> And my wife was a cheerleader. Um, and it's kind of crazy how they linked up. You were looking for someone, a bilingual speaker for a deco, for uh, a recruiter. And everything just got reposted. Yeah, it just kind of worked out. It linked up. Um, networking 101. Uh, it's not what you know, but who you know. Right? Oh, for sure. Um, so <clears throat> that kind of leads me into my first question. All right. Um, so I know you. Yeah. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be, you know, part of your family and your wedding. And, uh, you know, you were at my wedding and mm -hmm. we've been a part of each other's, you know, lives and whatnot. But for the people that maybe have no idea who I am or who you are or what this is all about, uh, how would you respond to uh, the question of who are you? Um. Well, I'm brown. Um, I'll start <laughs> off by saying that. Uh, so every time I say my name is Boris, people usually, you know, if I'm on the phone, people are like, expect to see a Russian dude. And that's not the case at all. Uh, so in that sense, I'm very unique. Um, you know, I, I like to believe I have a sense of humor. Uh, my wife doesn't. I don't think she thinks I'm very funny. <laughs> but uh, if, if somebody asks me who is Boris, I'm a very enthusiastic passionate which can translate into someone that's loud um and just yeah i would say passion passionate is probably one of the things that defines me because everything i do i like to do it with a, at 110 percent um so whether it's chugging a beer you know it's like once it touches the lips you know <laughs> i don't want to stop i want to keep going you know mm -hmm. i want to still have a good time i'm not just here to have one beer and let's oh let's mellow out that's why i have wine you know, um, so I would say, yeah, Boris, unique, uh, loud, fun. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> you know? So awesome, man. Um, I would also add to that, uh, 
you're uh, in addition to being a fun guy, you're a great friend, uh, a, a, a great husband. Um, Thanks. Uh, a, a even better dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, even uh, to add on top on top of that, I mean, you know, you are working uh, for Delco Delco Sales. You know, you're traveling, doing all these, mm-hmm. you know, making these moves. You move to San Diego mm-hmm. to better your your career for your family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, you know, making moves and doing a lot, right? Um, and it, there, there's sacrifices that go with that, too. Oh, for sure. Know? Moving from Newport Beach to, you know, San Diego, where, you know, you guys don't know a whole lot of folks or friends or family and whatnot. And it's kind of like, okay, evaluate the pros and cons. And you're like, all right, like, I'm going to make this move for my family and, you know, to uh, benefit uh the Alvarados as a whole. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, the, the, I think those are all good things to, um, to make note of. Um, so, uh, I guess to just kind of give you a background of how I envision this conversation going is I'm going to ask who, what, when, where, and why type of questions. Yeah. Um, and we'll just <laughs> see where it leads us. Yeah, for and, sure. And Down the rabbit there. hole we go. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's that's who you are. Uh, so we're on the what's now. Uh, so uh, what was your upbringing like? Um, I have a familiarity with your upbringing somewhat, you know, mm-hmm. growing up in Carson. But, yeah. you know, if you could summarize what well, that was before, like, just to give us a little background well, of, you know, what was little Boris like? Well, even before <laughs> growing up in Carson, you got to realize I grew up in Englewood. You know, Inglewood up to no good. Always, you know, like <laughs> from the real hood, you know. So I grew up seeing a lot of things that a lot of kids shouldn't be seeing, and uh, I was very fortunate because I'm a, well, I'm a first generation American. So my parents immigrated here, uh, legally and illegally. You know, my my um, my dad, my mom and dad both came here on a working visa, but I grew up watching people here immigrating illegally. You know, whether it was aunts or uncles, you know, whether it was my parents uh, taking them in. So, like, growing up in Inglewood um, was interesting because I remember certain people, like, trying to tell me, like, hey, like, join the gang lifestyle, you know. And I remember my parents always telling us, like, no, we're not going to let you guys go outside. Or, no, you can't go over to your friend's house because, you know, they're not good friends for you. Or you shouldn't be hanging out with this group of people. When you're a kid, you have no idea. You know, you're rebelling. You're like, oh, my parents don't know any better. So that's exactly what we were like. And we were just like, it was an Hispanic family household, obviously. Um, So they were very strict. So we stayed in. Mm -hmm. And I look back at it now. And I look at all the things that my parents did for us and why they did things, and I understand it. You know, a lot of people don't believe me when I tell them, yeah, my parents used to, uh, you know, smack my mouth if I talk English in the household. I didn't understand it back then, but my parents wanted me to talk Spanish in the household, not only to respect their household, but because they wanted me to grow up with a second language. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it that way. I thought they were just trying to hold me back. I wanted to talk English. This is the land of the tree. Fuck it, you know? Mm -hmm. This is America. Sorry if we're not supposed to cuss. I don't know how that works (laughs) on this pod, but that's kind of how I felt about it. And 
I wanted to, and we rebelled against it. However, I look back at it now, and I'm grateful that they uh, raised us that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I grew up in Inglewood. We moved to Lenox. Um, you know, I remember when I went, got to Newport Beach, my father-in-law says, you're going to hate the airplanes going over and over again, you know, at John Wayne in Newport Beach, California. And I thought to myself, you have no idea. I grew up in Inglewood yeah. where you're not only listening to airplanes, you're listening to bullets, you're listening <laughs> to helicopters, you're, you know, it's just, it's a rowdy neighborhood. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I remember, that reminds me, uh, when I was in high school and college, I started this, when Twitter was like popping, before there was Instagram, uh, I started this thing, uh, like hashtag Orange County problems, right? Yeah. And it was like, uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, it was like all these quotes of things that have been said to me, but I'm like, oh wow, this is weird. Like, this is very unique to oh, the, yeah. the area that I live in. Like, oh, you listen to rap music? Do you think you're black? Uh, oh yeah, let's go. I'm down to go to a party. Who's all going to be there? You know, it's just like, there's just like, and these are the things that people are like supposedly caring about and like oh, you yeah. know place value on and I'm just like really like this is what you're worried about <laughs> you oh, know yeah. like it's just it, kind it, of, it's it, not real you it know it was crazy growing up because I remember listening to hip hop you know I'm a big Biggie fan and Tupac and just love that that era of music and I remember listening to Real Motherfucking G's by Easy E and it was just blasting on my CD player. To all you millennials out there, you have no idea who a CD player is. You pop it in. Remember, you pop in a CD. You have and to get the physical disc. Yeah, sometimes you got to, like, you know, um, kind of, like, put your put your breath on it. You know, clean the disc because sometimes it might be scratched. That was the worst. It just skipped the yeah. beat, you know? Yeah. But, um, so I remember playing the music, and it was on my headphones, and it was so loud because I just love listening to everything loud. You know, I'm a loud person. And uh, my parents were like, what are you listening to? And so they take the freaking headphones out of my ear. They're like, oh, my God, this is the music of gangsters. Like, gangsters listen to this. You're not listening to this crap. Um, and it was like that when I first listened to Linkin Park. They mm-hmm. thought I was listening to the devil's music. Um, <laughs> but it was a different time, and they didn't understand it. And obviously, they grew up listening to people like Luis Miguel and, you know, very sheltered and very Spanish culture. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, like you said, you got Orange County problems. Well, we had hood problems, too, you know? <laughs> and if you listen to a certain type of music or you dress a certain way, mm. and this is real problems, is, like, we... I never grew up with a shaven head, mm-hmm. you know? Like, here I am. You know, I got a little bit of a flow. You have, you know, you got a thing going on with your hair. Um, <laughs> but I remember my parents never let me have a zero and zero. Yeah. On top, it was always four and two. Yeah, four on the top, two on the sides. Very clean and cut. And my dad said, if I had long hair, then I was gonna wear a dress to school. And if I had short hair, then I might as well be ready to get shot yeah. because I could be confused by a gang member. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was my reality of my life. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like I couldn't have bald hair. Yeah, yeah. Interesting, man. Yeah, it's like you hear you hear, you hear things like that, and then it's like you hear stories and I'm sure you hear it now, like just seeing stuff on social media where it's just like all the snowflakes out there. Oh, for sure. And it's just like, really, man, like that's what you're worried about. But, uh, I guess leading into that, uh, uh, kind of funny. Uh, so the next question is, 
um, what would you say is your biggest struggle or hurdle uh, that you've had to overcome in your life? So it could be anywhere from like, you know, a kid from like with your parents or like in high school or college or, you know, um, trying to figure out, you know, who you want to marry, you know, being a dad, like, you know, there's so many different stages of life that we've experienced, you know, what would you say is uh, the biggest part uh, that you've experienced as being a big struggle? Yeah, my biggest struggle was honestly, it was in high school was when I was, when I knew that I want to go to college and I I wanted to go to a good college. I didn't want to just go to the local college. I didn't want to go to the local community college where everybody else was going to. You know, after middle school, living in Inglewood, I lived in Carson. So Carson was high school for me. So around Carson, you got Cal State Long Beach, Mm -hmm. which is not that far, and Cal State Dominguez Hills, where everybody seemed like they went, you know. It was like their plan A, plan B. Mm -hmm. And people in my in my community you know unfortunately some of the a lot of the people around me didn't have really have big dreams you know they thought they were supposed to stay there in Carson and live there in Carson for the rest of their lives and a lot of people still do they just live around the area because mm-hmm. they're so close to their family not to say I don't love my family but I wanted more for myself I didn't want to just stay in my comfort zone you right. know and that's a hard thing for a 16 year old to tell their parents is I don't want to live around you like I want to explore Mm-hmm. Um, my parents being Hispanic, never have gone to college. Um, they didn't understand the different levels of college. They didn't realize the difference between Dominguez Hills or a community college versus a Harvard or a Berkeley. To them, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. To them, it's like, it's a, still a school. If you go to this school, you're going to be still good at this school over here. Mm-hmm. So they didn't understand the... I guess the process to get into a college, Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't understand scholarships, internships, uh, extra classes. So I struggled a lot with my parents, especially my dad, understanding that. And my dad and I had a pretty rough relationship for it, you know, but I was very lucky to surround myself with good friends who had like minded, um, you know, uh, goals. You know, I had a friend that from my group of friends, my direct immediate group of friends, the four guys I hung out with, uh, one of them went to UCLA, another one to Cal Poly Pomona, another one to UC Santa Barbara, and one went to Northridge. And myself, I went to Cal State Fullerton, obviously, you know that. But we were the only ones that kind of spread our wings out mm-hmm. versus everybody else seemed like Dominguez Hills and Cal State Long Beach was the comfort, you know. So, And I didn't want to do that. And so it was a little, uh, I think to this point, to now it's taught me just like if I want something just keep fighting for it you know like don't let somebody tell you you can't do something mm-hmm. you know and that's where I I kind of I, I'm I think my daughter Bryla is very fortunate not just because I'm her dad but <laughs> I think I'm I'm given the opportunity to redo that again mm-hmm. and support her in everything she wants and be able to understand college so if she wants to go to you know Florida State University, you know, that's fine with me. I know what's going on. You know, I know how good of a school it is. Or she wants to go to UCLA or USC, like, that Mm -hmm. extra price. I get why we pay for it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I think it it gives me the opportunity to understand her. Mm -hmm. 
something my parents didn't do with me mm-hmm. is understand me and support me mm-hmm. the way I wanted to be supported. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's cool, man. It's like you can kind of, you take what you take, what you learn from, you know, being, uh, in little Boris's shoes, right. And your parents, how they raise you. And then you can kind of like mold and create, okay, like this is what I would do differently, mm-hmm. or this is what I learned, or this is what I liked. This is what I didn't like. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to, you know, do with, with my kid, you know? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's awesome, man. Um, so, uh, you know, so we talked about a little bit about your background, uh, you know, your biggest challenge or struggle so far, uh, in your life. Um, so, uh, moving along, we'll try to talk to you about, you know, um, things that are, you know, maybe on your mind or that you're looking forward to in the future or, you know, kind of like your current mindset, right? So, um, uh, you know, looking ahead, um, you know, you're, you're somebody that I, uh, you know, like to spend time with because I feel like you got a good head on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You're a smart guy. Um, uh, you're not a you're not a dummy. <laughs> you're not uh, you know focusing on the wrong things or have you know values that you know are not in line with my values. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know I'm curious. Um, you know what's on your bucket list? You know what what do you want to? Are there things that you want to do? Things that you want to accomplish? Um, you know, we'll keep it open ended. What's on your bucket list? If anything, you know what comes to mind. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, if I'm thinking about a month from now, what I want to get accomplished is, first and foremost, going on a date with my wife, you know, (laughs) getting some time away from my kid, and as much as I love being around my kid, I also, you know, my wife comes first, you know, Um, we were in a situation, you know, we're both in a situation where we've been here, done it, and we left our parents. I always Mm -hmm. tell Bree, you know, 18 years from now... Bryla's going to leave us just as we left our parents mm-hmm. she's going to leave our nest and join you know whether she goes off to join another school and lives with a bunch of roommates a couple years from there she meets a guy um, and now she wants to live with the guy and marry the guy and you know I'm very you know I understand that I'm, my mentality is there so my mentality in a year in a month from now is at least go out for, for a date for my wife, you know, and leave the kid behind. Mm-hmm. But a a, per, a big personal goal of mine, you know, my bucket list, if you must, is, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a huge hockey guy, you know, love hockey. <laughs> so um, uh, I just got back from Nashville uh, last week, and I collected another puck. I went to arena number six out of, uh, I believe there's uh, 30-some arenas, 30-some teams, uh, so my goal is to visit each arena, uh, you know, and uh, try to watch the Ducks. I've been very fortunate these past six arenas. I've got to watch the Ducks against the the home team. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to L.A. I've been to Vancouver. Uh, I've been to San Jose. Uh, I've been to Vegas, uh, Nashville recently, and uh, obviously I've been to the Pond. So. My goal, oh, and I've been to Colorado as mm-hmm. well, Denver, Colorado. So, uh, my goal is to continue. Um, you know, probably see Phoenix here pretty soon. 
make an East Coast trip to New York so I can watch the the Islanders, the Rangers, and the Devils mm-hmm. on one. Uh, and even further uh, down the line is going down a Hockey Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So it's a big dream of mine to uh, get all the hockey arenas down. That's what I really want to do. And um, it's like I tell my wife, hey, give me one night. Give me one hockey night and you can have the rest of the 22 hours. Yeah. But give me two or three hours out of the that day or that trip mm. just so I can watch a hockey game, watch the guys there, collect yeah. the puck, come back home. Yeah. And you can have the rest of the trip. Yeah. You know, so... And I look forward to Bryla getting a little bit older so maybe she can enjoy it as well and sharing the passion. Yeah, exactly. You know, that I have. So. Yeah. I was going to say, make it a family thing, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> maybe there... Maybe there's a, <coughs> I don't know, maybe there's like a <laughs> nail salon or something, you know, for Cambria nearby. Yeah. She, can go, she can go do her thing and then you can take, uh, oh, yeah. you know, Bryla along with you and check out like, you know, warm ups or. Oh, yeah, that's the goal. Like that. um, so uh, next question. Uh, when have you made a great bad decision? A great bad decision yeah so this is a it's kind of a oxymoron i guess if you want to call it that um so it's like you know when have you made a a poor decision but you're like you know i'm like maybe something good came of it or you're like you know i learned a lot from that or uh you know um i don't know you you just like lived life in doing so right well, um, the camera's going to be able to see this, but <laughs> <laughs> as you can tell, um, so I got a, a tattoo of my fraternity on my, on my right sh- uh, shoulder, what do you want to call it, arm, whatever you want to call it. Which is funny, because I was, I was wondering when I was asking, who are you, if you were going to say, I'm a Sigma Nu alumnus. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a very proud Sigma Nu alumni. Um, you know, I had a great time in college, joined a fraternity and, um, was very involved with the fraternity. Um, the past couple of years have been a little rough for me to stay involved just because with kid being a husband, right. um, uh, my life has altered. You know, I always said, I want to try to stay as involved as possible, but you know, living in, uh, living in San Diego now, uh, having my wife, you know, and my kid, it's so hard to stay involved. Um. So it's been a little tough for me, but a lot of the the best memories of my college slash life in general have all come from my fraternity experiences. So this tattoo, you mentioned like the worst good decision, you know, I've ever made or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess should I tell the story? I mean, the story with Chris and I'll try to, my you know. Yeah, you make it very small. You do the spark notes. So the spark notes is my buddy, our buddy Chris, you know, uh, the mayor of San Diego, whatever you want to call it. Future podcast guest. Future podcast guest, I guess. Yeah, Um, that guy will talk your ear off. (laughs) But he had just broken up with this she-devil woman that he was dating. Nobody liked her, you know. Um, I'm not going to mention her name on here, you know, no, uh, no free ads. Right. Uh, but anyways, he had just broken up with her. He calls me up and says, Hey dude, you want to come grab a beer with me? Uh, let's go to heroes down at, you know, downtown Fullerton, by the way, we'll say DTF, 
you know, because that's how we say it, mm-hmm. downtown Fullerton. So you people at home, don't get too excited about DTF. I'm not DTFing with <laughs> you, but it's just how we say it. So he's like, hey, you want to go to DTF? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know. So it was all started with one beer. It was just, we're going to have a big beer. We're, just one. You, yeah, just one. You know, and if you're going to Heroes, if whoever's been to Heroes in DTF, you know their beers are not that small. It's like a 40-ounce mug. Oh, but two-hander. If that, yeah, two-hander. So we start with one, and he's like, well, you want to stay for another one? He's like, sure, let's do it, you know? So after three or four, you know, we're like, well, I kind of don't want the party to start. Remember what I said? Once it touches the lips, right. you kind of just want to keep going. So a bunch of our other friends started joining us, and... Before everybody else joined us, Chris and I were like, have you ever had a fishbowl? And we're like, ah, I've never had one. He's never had one. So we're like, F it. Let's go to, uh, you know, uh, Palapas. Palapas, yeah. So we go to Palapas, and when we ask for a fishbowl, the waitress says, well, this is for eight people. Where's the other eight? Where's the other six? <laughs> we're like, well, our friends are coming. So can you just bring it out, and they'll come as they come? No, Chris and I ended up finishing the whole fishbowl to ourselves. <laughs> An eight-person bowl, just us two. Yep. So, you yeah. know... You're we're swimming at this point. Oh, uh, we're <laughs> swimming. Yeah, we're like at least four beers down, you know, big beers down, and now we got a freaking fishbowl in us. By this time, start, some people started rolling in. You know, I got my co-workers, mm-hmm. some of our fraternity brothers, some of the sorority girls started coming out. And, you know, I'll mention Ryan Schaefer, who's another great person who... <laughs> Future podcast guest. Yeah. He was with us as well. And uh, so we go to another bar, have a couple of jello shots, have some AMFs, you know, audios. And uh, by the end of the night, or at least I think it's the end of the night, you know, <laughs> we're from walking... you remember. From what I remember. <laughs> we're walking down and I just remember I was wearing this red Sigma Nu hat. Uh, throughout the whole time and it was a backwards hat and you know we're walking down and somebody asked me hey Boris you're not down to get a tattoo so I told the guys well you pay for it I get it right. and they're like alright so the hunt begins to try to get it to me tattooed right so a bunch of uh, tattoo partners rejected me because obviously I'm sloshed so finally we found this guy that looks like the guy from Breaking Bad you know, uh, the bald dude, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but unless it's The Office, but the bald dude um, from Breaking Bad, they're like, hey, I'll, uh, I'll fix you up, man, but it's going to cost like 200 bucks, so our friends immediately dished out the money, cash, <clears throat> I signed a, uh, a waiver form from what they tell me, and uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll let the other guys kind of tell their side of the story, but yeah, I ended up with a tattoo that night. Um, wake up at my little sis, you know, sorority, gamify, at my little sis's house, and I'm like, fuck, I'm itching. You know? <laughs> my arm is itching. I have no idea why. And I'm wrapped up in this black tape. And yeah. I'm like, no. This was a dream. Yeah. This didn't happen. And so my little sis comes out. We can cuss on this, right? Yeah. She's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> We're like, what? What happened? Like, tell me what the hell's going on. Yeah. And she's like, you got a tattoo last night and bought Taco Bell for like 20 people. <laughs> I'm like, what? And so a bunch of Taco Bells just on the table on me, obviously. And I remember taking the, the, the tape off and I'm just like, no effing way. 
and I have to go home that day. Yeah. I, you know, I'm still living at home. Oh, I knew my mom was going to kill me. Yeah. You know? So what, what made it, uh, so, so far it seems like a bad decision. What Horrible. made it a great bad decision? <clears throat> so I think what makes it great is the story, right? Right. It always reminds me, like, whenever I wake up every single morning, it puts me back to that moment. You know, I don't got a lot of memories of DTF, obviously. Um, I don't got a lot of memories of DTF, <laughs> but this is one memory that will always stick with me. It's a story that, you know, Chris, Ryan Schaefer, and I, and even Yvonne, mm-hmm. my little, we can take to our grave and say, you know, it's not just a story that was shared by, by me. It's a story that everybody can share, you know. And what makes it great is, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's a memorable one, too. You know, the day that I pass, you know, I always think, what's the impact that I leave on people? You know, what's, what's, what's something that people will remember me by? Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was because of my name, uh, whether it was because I was a good friend, a good father, or just a freaking party animal. Um, or I was just a great dancer. You know, I think I really enjoy humble brag. Humble brag. No, I'm like, you know, I can dance. Um, I think that that's what really matters to me at the end of my days. Yeah, is what's the impact I leave? The day that I leave tomorrow, if I was to leave tomorrow, what do people remember me for? You know, so it's like, kind of, yeah, I know you're the interviewer here, but I gotta ask you. I mean. What would be one memory that if I pass tomorrow, what is one memory that you would remember of me? Uh, so instinctly, like without even like, uh, like without even that question going in one year out the other, I just think of your laugh. Like <clears throat> your laugh is uh, uh, very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, contagious. Contagious, exactly. It's very contagious. Uh, like you, whenever you, like you have a presence, presence in the room. Like people know that you're there and they want to be around you, and you're fun to be around. And uh, like you hear, you hear your laugh, and you're just like, it's, it's like okay, yeah, we're having a good time, man. Like, yeah. Doesn't matter what type of like mood you're in, um, and like I know we're both human beings. I know we both like, and we've had conversations where, where we're like, you know, kind of down in the dumps or we're in a funk or whatever and but like you like one of the reasons why I wanted to like talk to you and have you on here is because you know I look to you as somebody who is always very positive and like looks on the bright side of things and you know nothing is ever like too effed up or like too shitty to where you like can't figure it out you know mm-hmm. and uh I feel like sometimes you just have to have these types of conversations and like talk it like talk it out with somebody and then you know a lot of times when I do talk to you it's like it's not so bad you yeah know? yeah it's like we're not in Carson we're not in Inglewood you it know? could be worse <laughs> exactly it could absolutely be worse exactly yeah. you know so it just kind of puts things in per- into perspective and uh you know uh it you're uh you know somebody that I can trust and I feel uh easy to you know communicate with and talk to yeah so, for sure yeah no I just thought that was interesting because like I said this story at least my my Sigma new tattoo story mm-hmm. you know has hit a bunch of people in different ways where 
whether if they were there, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, remember that time? And then people that weren't there who know the story were like, ah, here comes this fucking story again. You know, it was like they've heard it multiple times. So in that sense, it's been a blessing. Mm -hmm. But it's also (laughs) the worst decision because I can't tell this story. It's going to be very hard for me to tell this story to my daughter. Mm -hmm. My son, when I do have him one day, (laughs) it won't be as tough. But it's going to be a tough story to tell my daughter because, you know, I want to be the best version of a man for her. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if this makes me the best version of myself. I really don't. I, it makes me a fun guy and it makes, but it also portrays me as a drunk frat guy. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I personally don't see it that way because like you said, I see everything the most positive way, but you know, that's some people can interpret it that way. I was a dumb frat guy who got a tattoo that night Mm -hmm. who has a frat tat on him. I look at it as a, I went out for a good night to support my friend who was breaking up with his girlfriend mm. or his ex and ended up with a tattoo because I'm a fun guy. Mm. Because I'm willing to do what it takes to make sure that everyone has a good time. Yeah. And in the end, maybe has a laugh out of it and walks out with a story. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you could even look at it even deeper too, like what the, like the tattoo is Sigma Nu. Like there's so many different layers that you could dive into with what that represents and your brotherhood and your friends and totally. like, you know, they're like, <laughs> you know, you, you knew somebody and liked somebody enough to where you would be like, yeah, I'll get this tattoo that represents oh, yeah. our relationship and our bond, you know? Well, you know, so that, that means a lot in I'll, itself. I was wearing the hat with my letters on it when I got this tattoo, you know? And the thing is like, I, I think to this day, if I wasn't wearing that hat, I still think I would have gotten the Sigma new letters on it because it was something so special to me at the time. Mm-hmm. And it's still something so special to me and fond. Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where I have a brick out in Lexington, Virginia. That has my name on it with my badge and my wife and I's date that we started dating. Out in Lexington, Virginia. You know, where one day, I think for me, once again, leaving a legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Leaving a story behind. is like if my daughter and grandkids or whatever... They want to go out to Lexington, Virginia and see her, their dad's legacy. It's in a pathway mm-hmm. in Lexington, Virginia. And it's going to be there for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Sigma Nu just turned 150 years old. Who's to say in 150 years from now, too? Mm-hmm. My great, great, great grandkids are going to be able to see that and be like, that's my great, great, great granddad. You know, right. Same thing why I proposed at Ponte Winery. Ponte Winery isn't going anywhere. I wanted my kids, my friends, anytime they go to Ponte... They think of that moment that I proposed to my wife. Mm. I can always go back to that place where I proposed to my wife right. to make our life. My daughter will, my daughter and future kids will be able to see that, go there and be like, with their friends, you know, once they're 21 or whatever, and be like, yeah, my parents got engaged here. Did you know? Super cool to be able to say that, you know? Mm. Not a lot of people can, you know, I try to leave a trail behind. Because I know I'm not here for a long time. I know that for a fact, Mm -hmm. you know? At least not the way I eat, not the way I drink, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But I would hope that those little memories of even, like, let's say, like, Marissa went to that Dave and Buster's. Mm -hmm. You don't think that that's a memory right there? You leave it behind, you know? That's how I feel about it. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting that you bring that up. Uh, And that's part of... 
that's one of the reasons why I finally decided to do this stupid thing. Because, like, you know, I'm not the most outgoing or, like, I'm not the loudest in the room. You're a fun guy. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. Yeah. You get to know me. But I always, like, I always have the saying, it's like, you know, loudest in the room isn't the smartest in the building, yeah. right? So, and that's kind of something that I take to heart where it's like, I have a lot to say, but I'm not always going to say it, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I finally decided, like, you know, let's just start this thing and see where it takes me. And, uh, you know, it's a challenge to have these types of conversations oh, and, for sure. you know, you, it doesn't happen naturally. You have to like make it happen type of thing. Um, and, uh, but I think at the end of the day, 10, 20 years, 30 years from now, like, you know, when we're freaking old farts and, you know, walking around, our kids are married and, and whatnot. Like it's going to be funny to look back. Oh on, yeah. You know? Um, so that leads me to my next question. So uh, when you are falling asleep at night or when you first wake up in the morning, like what's something that you're thankful for or that you're grateful for? Or like what's, what's like the first thing that you think my of? My wife. My wife. I am so thankful for Bree. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people, I know for a fact, I know why. So it, it's... You get, I, I get choked up, you know, talking about this because my wife is the reason why I feel like I'm still alive on this earth. Um, you know, I thank God that she gave, like, he gave me her because if it wasn't for Bree, I'd probably be, you know, still living this bachelor life, you know, um, sleeping around with multiple women, um, Drinking, you know, spending all every single bit of my cash on drinking, you know, I don't think I personally, I really don't think that we would be as close as we are, mm -hmm. you know, because of different values, right? Like you have your family and um, I think I'd be a pretty lonely guy overall. You know, you think you have it all, you know, when you're have a lot of money, you're single, you're living the bachelor life, you think you have it, but you don't. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know that because I felt that way, you know, and I think about what my life would be without my wife. And if it wasn't for my wife, the beautiful person she is, I wouldn't have a beautiful daughter. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have this uh, stability in my life, you know. So I thank God every single morning for her mm -hmm. because she makes me the best version of myself, you know, uh, she is the reason why I even wake up and do anything. Um, you know, I don't have to go to work. I, I'm an outside sales guy. Mm -hmm. I can stay home. I can try be with her. I can be with my kid. I can, you know, lounge around in my freaking underwear. But I go to work because I want to give her a better lifestyle. And you notice that I don't say myself a better lifestyle. It's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. I just always want her to be comfortable. She's a stay-at-home mom because... Not because I want it, but because that's what she wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'm working so she can do that. Um, we have our challenges, obviously, like every single couple. But I would take all the shitty days, not to sound super corny, but I would take every single shitty day, then be single, sleeping around with a random chick. I'm sure some dime piece because, you know, like I said, I can dance. I can have any girl I want because <laughs> I can dance. Suave. I'm suave, you know, but I would take every single shitty day that we have versus a good day with anybody else. 
that's just that's that's what keeps me going mm-hmm. my wife it's awesome man uh, yeah I mean going back to like why I wanted to talk to you about this like you know again I've shout out my uh, mom and dad I'll probably have you on here too but uh, you know I've always I was raised like you are you are who you surround yourself with yeah. and uh, it's like five degrees of separation like you know whoever you surround yourself with that like that's you know mm-hmm. what you you pick up things from and uh you know that's definitely something i've like noticed from you and has been alluring to me like oh yeah i want to be around this type of person because you know they value uh you know being they, they value relationship and um uh nice thanks man uh they value relationship, they value love, they value um, caring for another person. And really, when it comes down to it, it's like putting yourself last. Like, even, uh, you know, we came down here to San Diego to, like, visit with you guys and spend the day with you. And it's just like, when we're getting ready to get out the car, it's like, you know, I'm running around the house, like, all right. Is James taken care of? Is Amber taken care of? Is Marissa taken care of? Did did the pug poop? Like, did he eat? Like, it's so I'm like going down the the timeline, and then it's like, all right, <laughs> did I shower? Am I dressed? Yeah, like, yeah, totally. I'm always last, right? It's like take care of everybody first, and then totally. you know, um, worry about uh, myself at, at the very end. And well, when you do that, it's like it usually works out because you know, let's be real if everyone else is happy, like our lives are happy. Oh, for sure. And like, we, we have these people in our lives because we love them. And like, even if we have like, (laughs) you know, even if we don't even have a shirt and and shorts on, like, and everyone else is happy, it's like, we're still going to be happy. Even if we're hungry, you know, it's like everyone else is taken care of. Yeah. That, that's kind of like, even like today, like this morning, you know, Breeze, Bree's finally getting ready, you know, she doesn't get ready very often for anything because, you know, she's at home and, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, I I changed the baby twice and, you know, changed the diaper three times, changed her twice because she had spit up on herself, but, you know, being able to give Bree that time for herself to get ready and just, you know, make herself beautiful for herself, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. about... You know, you got to realize with the girls, they don't get ready for us. It's girl time. They get ready for other girls, you know, which is fine. Totally get it. But I want her to be, like, I'm very happy that she was able to do that for herself, you know. It's a little frustrating because I'm here I am with the baby. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what else do I do? You know, dads freak out. We freak out. You mm-hmm. know, we're not moms who can keep it under control. And for that reason, I think Bree's just that much better, Yeah. you know, because she can keep her calm. Right. You know, but yeah, totally understand. Um, so next question, moving right along. Um, so, uh, when you were, uh, little Boris, right? Yeah. Like think back, uh, you know, you're, you're punking on, uh, Selvin, right? Yeah. Uh, your little bro, you're, um, you know, I don't know, 10 or 12 or, 15, 16, you're just getting your license, you're just getting into high school, or maybe just graduating uh, high school and going into college, um, and, you know, you're, uh, you know, late 20s right now, yeah. um, so, uh, 
you know, 10, 10 years ago, like, where did you, where did you see yourself? You know, mm-hmm. where did, where did you think you would be when you were age, you know, 27, 28, 29, yeah. 30, you know, where did you think, uh, you would be <coughs> when you were, uh, at this stage in your life? So like when I was 18, mm-hmm. where did I think I was going to be? When I was 18, I thought that at this point in my life, 28, um, I'd probably be married to a total bombshell. Uh, probably not have a kid yet, you know, but uh, totally be married to a bombshell, which I did. Been there, done that, <laughs> not up right there. Drilling. Drilling, yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, I, I just thought I'd just be traveling more, you know. Um, I didn't think I was going to have a kid. I always knew I wanted a kid before 30. I just didn't know that it was going to come at 28. Mm-hmm. Um, but God has a special way of making that thing, you know, making that work. You know, we make our plans and he already has made our plans for us. Mm-hmm. And his plan is way better than ours any freaking day. Um, so I think about it that way where, you know, at 18, I really, I just thought I'd just be traveling. You know, I just thought I'd be a little bit more, uh, I, I didn't think I was going to be selling plumbing items. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, I honestly thought I would be working for some hot shop marketing firm or, yeah. you know, even working with, uh, with sports to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint what, you know, when I was, you know, you go back 20 years, you know, when I was eight. I think about, like, I wanted to be a video game designer, mm-hmm. you know? I thought that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to play video games. I wanted to make them and play them, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's not the case at yeah. all. I figured it's the most... Uh, video game designing is so much software stuff, and I can barely install my Office 365, let alone make a video game, yeah. you know? So at 18, my goals had changed from 8 to 18, um, and that's 10 years, you know, mm-hmm. now that I'm 28, I have certain goals that I want by 38, but I'm like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Why do I keep planning? If my plans might change, I might not be selling plumbing in 10 years from now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I might be, uh, you know, hopping on a pot again and saying, well, I'm doing something completely different. Yeah. You know? And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with the uncertainty of what's to happen in 10 years. You know, I think as long as I have my wife a healthy kid my healthy self and uh you know like-minded friends around Mm -hmm. i think for the most part i think i got it figured out yeah you know that's awesome man that's interesting because my next question was going to be where do you see yourself in 10 years from now but you just answered that and it's like you know you don't necessarily have to have it planned out or mapped out you can also take it one day at a time and like put your 100 percent into that 24 hours and then if oh, you yeah. do that enough over 10 years you're going to be like oh I'm in a good spot right now yeah I know? think if, I think in 10 years even like a year from now I just want to be healthier you know I think mm-hmm. we all think about it you know I'm 28 now but I feel like I'm freaking 40 you know I was like oh, I feel up all groggy so I want to my biggest thing is just trying to be healthier you know and um, trying to live a longer life so I can enjoy these things with my friends I can enjoy my daughter. Mm-hmm. I can enjoy what's to come with her, you know. And um, at the end of, you know, at the end of all of this, 
is spend time with my wife, you know, be able to travel with her at the end of our days or even between, you know, and make it as many memories as possible. Because if there's one thing that we know, I mean, I don't know if I'm sure you don't want to get into this today, but, you know, we on this day, you know, the great goat, number 24, number eight, Kobe Bryant suddenly passed away. Yeah. And there's one thing that we can learn from this and any other moment is just like, you know what? He lived it. You know, he accomplished what he wanted to, you know, but he had all the money in the world mm-hmm. and then to suddenly go like that, like that's so tough. Yeah. So like, I don't have all the money in the world mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. At least right now. Yeah. I just want to enjoy my family as much as possible. You know, I want to enjoy my wife and, you know, make experiences. Mm-hmm. And that's something, if anything, we learned from Kobe is he left a legacy. Mm-hmm. You know, he left memories Everybody can pinpoint, it sucks to say, but everybody knows where they're at for, everybody knows where they were at for 9-11. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody also knew where they're at when Kobe showed up in the finals. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows where they were watching it. And I'm sure everybody will know where they were at when Kobe passed, yeah. you know? That's all I want. If yeah. I pass at 38, I want people to know where I was at. Mm-hmm. That's it, you yeah. know? It doesn't have to happen, Yeah, but... That's where I want to leave a legacy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. That's, that's what I think, I feel like we're all striving for. And like, you know, for me, I'm like early thirties and I'm kind of looking at like, all right, next stages of life. Like, you know, I've got a (coughs) great son, you know, newborn daughter, um, you know, building my family, building a home and let's like, okay. Uh, when I'm gone, like what's, what's here, what's, here that's going to be left and that's part of the reason why I wanted to start this thing because it's like I want to start documenting you know um I I've heard it on countless podcasts but the theme is like you know a life worth living is a life worth documenting oh yeah you know and I feel like I've got a life worth living and I know a hell of a lot of people that have got a life yeah even more worth documenting than mine for sure you know um so that's part of the the goal of this whole thing and this this little project of just you know kind of documenting everything and um trying to create a a legacy and um some sort of a a trailblaze of you know for my kids to look back on uh when we're old you know farts you know and uh they're like you know shut up mom and dad like I'm going to try to, like, you guys had it, like, you guys had it bad when you had Netflix, you know? It's oh, like... Yeah, they have no know. idea. So, um, so I've got, I've got three more questions. Uh, they're kind of quick hitters. Yeah. Or okay. they could be pretty deep, too. So, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. Uh, so, first one is, uh, and I think it is very fitting for you. And I'm genuinely uh, curious on how you would respond to this, because um, I think you're a pretty positive, happy person. Um, so, uh, you know, why, why are you happy? Well, it's easy. My daddy used to say this all the time. If, uh, if you wake up, you're not in the hospital bed, you have two arms, two legs, a working brain, and you have a job. There's so many reasons to be happy, you know. Uh, my mom used to say the same thing. 
you didn't wake up in a hospital today, right? You don't have cancer, do you? There's so many reasons to be happy. And I look at that. I look at it that way, too. My wife thinks the same way. Is you know her dad? Her dad went through cancer. Her mom passed away from cancer. Um, you know, there's so many reasons to be happy, and a lot of people don't see that. I feel like a lot of people go through emotions, and I I forget too. I'm not that you know. I I forget to be happy sometimes, but when I get in the car and I do a routine in my car every single day where I'm like, thank you God for another day of life, and thank you for these people. It grounds me and says, wait. Thank you for making me wake up. Mm-hmm. Thank you for not... I'm not in the hospital bed tonight, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's always been, like, the theme at my parents' house, you know? They're, you know, whether it was like, oh, you get to go to school. Well, you know what? There's a kid that wishes he could go to school, mm-hmm. and he can't. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? So that's how I feel. There's somebody out there that wishes they could go to work, mm-hmm. or somebody out there that wishes that they can wake up next to a spouse mm-hmm. as beautiful as mine, or, you know, someone that wishes that they could hold a kid, Right? Um, you know, a lot of people can't have kids. You know, we were very fortunate that we were. Mm-hmm. Even when we got pregnant, when we didn't want to, we we're still very thankful that we could. Mm-hmm. Somebody out there has waited five, ten years, their whole lives to get pregnant, and they still can't get pregnant. And guess what? We did. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be happy about. Mm-hmm. You just got to see it that way. Yeah kind of like perspective everything happens for a reason and mm-hmm. it's kind of up to you on how you want to process and compart- compartmentalize that oh, for you sure. know? Um, so next question I think is even more challenging and I'm it, you know again up to you on how you want to respond to it yeah. uh, why are you sad I, I I think I'm sad because I can't get to everyone I wish more people were positive. I wish more people saw it the way I did, mm-hmm. you know, like we all do, right? Um, I wish more people were able to get off their ass and realize that they have two working legs and two working arms and, in a sense, a working brain, hopefully, that allows them to go and work. So when I see a homeless person, it's hard for me to feel sad for them because they're walking around. They're able to do something. You know, there's somebody, like, once again, in a hospital wishing that they could. So, you know, I'm sad because I feel like I can't reach. There's days where I feel crippled. I can't, I say I can't, I can, but I don't choose to reach my potential that day. That's the sad part, that I get comfortable, you know, Um, and I'm not able to overcome that mentally. Mm -hmm. And I want to. But I can't. So that's what makes me sad about me. Like mm-hmm. Boris, like you're just throwing your day away. You just threw a whole day away. Mm-hmm. Like what the what the f, dude? Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's that's interesting because that's something that I I have uh, um, struggles with as well. Because it's not necessarily like you're throwing the day away because you are applying yourself to things that are important to you, mm-hmm. right? but you feel like you have so much more to offer and so much more that you can do, mm-hmm. but you are just not able to do so. Um, or you choose not to 
do so within the given amount of time, right? For sure. Because you need to, <laughs> you need to eat, you need to sleep, you need, want to, you know, you have a priority list, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. want to spend time with your wife, you want to spend time with your family, you want to do things like around the house in your career, but you feel like you have more to give, mm-hmm. right? Is yeah. that kind of what you're getting at? Oh, for sure. That's exactly what I'm trying to get at. Like I want to give more, but physically sometimes I'm just too tired yeah. to go and do that, you know? Cool. It's perfect, man. Uh, so we've got like three minutes left. And my last question is, um, how do you want to be remembered when you die? So. I think about that a lot. I think about that a lot. It's like what my pushing factor every single day, right? It's uh, like we talked about at the beginning is like, I want to create a memorable lane. I want to create a, mem- a memorable place, you know, where like people step here and they're like, so, like, you know, I try to think, like, if Andrew was to remember a memory about Boris, what would that be, you know? Um, maybe it was at his wedding where, you know, he was told, like, hey, who's that guy dancing in that blue jacket? <laughs> that might be a memory itself, you know? Uh, or it could be Dave and Buster's where I told you guys how I felt about my ex-girlfriend who is now my wife, you know? Um, but... I, I just want to be remembered as, as someone who who is very passionate. I just want to be remembered as Boris. Like the only Boris you knew. Who who else? When you think of Boris, you have that memory. That vivid memory of like, I know Boris. Mm-hmm. You know? Like everybody has like that person that's like, oh, I know Chris. <laughs> Let me tell you about this guy. You know? <laughs> um, or I know a, a, a Justin. You know? I know, you know, so forth and so forth. So, I just want to be remembered as a, I know a Boris. He was a great guy. Let me tell you about him, yeah. you know, and why I appreciated him so mm-hmm. much, you know. Um, I think that's genuinely, you know, it sounds kind of self-loathing and kind of like selfish, but yeah, I do. I, I, I want to be just, I just want to be a memorable name, yeah. you know, and I'm so fortunate that I already have a unique name as it is. You know, I'm not a Jose, I'm not a fucking a Luke, you know. I'm I'm, I'm Boris, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, um allowing me to ask you these questions and you know, record you and film you and put you oh, on yeah. on the spot. Uh, you know, my the first person I've talked to and done this with, you know, kind of like a social experiment, you know, I think you're definitely on that on that pathway. Um, you know, you're definitely the only, uh, Boris, Latino Boris that I know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you've, you've got the laugh, you've got the positivity, you've got the family. Um, you know, I think you're definitely on the right path and I think you've got a lot to, um, you know, a lot to contribute to the, to not only your family, but this world and your friends and, you know, the list goes on. Um, so you know, I really appreciate you. Oh, you you're agreeing to want to do this with me yeah. and have this conversation. Hopefully, you know, part of the goal is to like, you know, pull things from you to be able to, you know, pass along to the listeners, but then also, you know, kind of be an exercise to you, you know, where maybe you don't get asked these types of questions on a daily basis. And maybe you have to think about it like, okay, you know, why am I really here? What's important to me? 
who am I, you know, those types of things. So you can kind of think about what you want to do and how you want to operate as you move forward. Yeah, for sure. In this life that we're all trying to figure out. So that's, that's yeah. all.